Hello, this is Michael, and welcome to the Dreadcore. So, ladies and gentlemen, now we're going to hear the story of Graham and Michael's adventure beyond the Great Wall into the north. And yes. you were uh, you went to play a weekend event in Scotland. We, we did, yeah, Sterling. Sterling, yes. Which was very nice from the little that we saw of it because we were busy playing games, but uh, yeah, it was very good. So we um we journeyed up on the Friday afternoon. Uh, you, you forget how far away these things are, though. I've got to be honest with you, because I, mean, I was thinking, well, Sterling, it's not that far from Edinburgh, and that's like an hour or so away, isn't it? No, it's a four-hour car journey. <laughs> <laughs> it's as long as it is, I think, it takes to get drive to you as it took to get to there. Um, I suppose it's, it's all is it all B roads and A roads at that point. Oh, it was mostly I mean, motorway. Um, it was, aside from yeah. a bit on the A69. Yeah. Oh, okay. But it's two lanes, isn't it? I think mean, there's only three lane bits. But I wasn't really paying attention, to be fair. So um, yeah, we went <laughs> across the. Wait, were you driving? No. Okay. Once I wasn't, so I was making the absolute most I was of that, say, but I wasn't driving. Because you saying I wasn't really paying attention. It's <laughs> a slightly alarming yeah. statement there. Amazingly, we made it with me just browsing my phone as we went massively, <laughs> very dangerously. No, um, no. it was uh, Richie was driving, so we went up cool. with Richie and Gareth, yeah, um, who um, come to our company of Legends events and who we go to play uh, sometimes in um, Whitley Bay. Is that right? Yes, it is really great. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so that was really good. So, for, yes, there was an added bonus for me, which I didn't have to drive to this one. So I got to play Michael and uh, sit at the back and snore. So, uh, yeah, no, it was good. It was good. But um, I was really looking forward to this. I've got to be honest with you. Uh, so Kieran had been, Kieran was the guy who was um, co- co-running it um, with another, another guy called Michael. And uh, he'd been in contact, you know, because I think he'd come to Company Legends and was like uh, just asking general sort of sort of event organisation, you know, uh, sort of general chit chat about that and stuff like that and about going through all the sort of problems like getting lists in and grading lists and things. So, so yeah, it was so it's good. So I've been in contact previously. So, but I knew that um, we had some really good reviews of this from the previous one from Richie and Gareth who said that they'd really enjoyed it. Um, so I thought, well, it's not too well. I thought it's not too far away. Uh, and it would be a good event to go to. The only problem was, of course, it was not that long after Blood and Glory, so I had to do a fair bit of shenanigan-based negotiation uh, with my my fair wife because that was basically two weekends that I was going to be away in November, which is never an easy sell. Never an easy no. sell. <laughs> yeah. um, even if you try and do what I do, which was to sort of mention it surreptitiously, saying I've got an event at the end of November and in sometime like June. Uh, yeah, yeah. without informing her that you've already got one just, at the beginning of November that she's already agreed to. Just, just um, bring it up over dinner one, you know, exactly. that time. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah, that's what I mean. um, you know, but it, it, you pay the price for that particular manoeuvre, uh, <laughs> if I'm completely truthful with you, because... Have, have, the, you bruises, know, have the bruises died down? They have. I, I've managed to get most uh, of the feeling back in my left hand oh, after having it slammed in the car door oh. repeatedly, <laughs> Vinnie Jones style. Yes. Um. No, so uh, so that was good. That was good. So, but yeah, it, it, just a word to the wise: don't don't try the. Um, I'll, I'll just slip this in conversation and hope she agrees. It's it's never worth the aggro at the end of it. Um, 
and also she said oh i like sterling i'd like to have come with you so you know maybe next time eh? Yeah. um so we we'd prepared for this so what was also good about this this is actually going to be the first event that i've been to where we weren't running some part of it since, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, since, it's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah. So basically, since I think the London Harrison. Well, no. Yeah. So yeah. Because the next one we did after that would probably have been Company of Legends, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, in September, and then in we had the November Blood and Guru, which is usually our um put your feet up event, but we were running the Friday night thing there for the for that. We so did, we did a small small part time shift. We just did a yeah a one night shift there. So uh, so this was the first time in, in what felt like a, for a long time that I didn't have to stress about spreadsheets or branching narratives <laughs> or anything along those lines. Yeah. So that was really good. So was in was in pretty pretty good spirits about this one. What about you, Michael? Uh, yeah, I was looking forward to it a lot. Um, obviously, I didn't really play much in Blood and Glory, and I was just helping out. So it's going to be good to just play because mm. uh, yeah, you, just... you got a few games in. Uh, uh... Derby, didn't they? I thought. Yeah, I got three, three games in it. Three, three games in it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, but no, it's nice. It's nice to go somewhere knowing you're going to guaranteed games, though, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, the, so the premise for this, they had a narrative um, that they'd laid out. Um, they had, they were, they were doing, they were being very ambitious uh, by having a Age of Darkness set of games going alongside a Zone Mortalis set of games. So there were, I think, around seven, 14 players for the Age of Darkness and about eight players for Zone Mortalis, if memory serves. Okay. So, yeah. that. so it wasn't a ginormous event, certainly not compared to the Open and Glory, where there's 60 plus people there. Um, and But it had a really good feel to it. It felt very much like a Company of Legends event, if I'm honest. So we got there on the Friday night, we went out for, for, for some food, um, got an early night and we went to the event on the saturday morning so this was uh, i can't remember the name of the place so let me just get it up but it's basically uh, common a, ground uh, games there you go common ground games in um sterling which is a really cool event actually really cool um kind of place to have a uh, an event because it is one of those sort of classic sort of dice saloon style ones chris so oh, it's okay. basically yeah, so. a shop a shop with um various tables for gaming as well and the shop was really good i really like the shop um so yeah it was where either of you tempted to make purchases i'm basically basically asked this question to michael because as, well, actually uh, do you know what unless he did it on the sly i don't think he well no he did he bought something but not from there so uh, i did buy i did i bought a i bought a um uh what you call it i bought a little uh thing um uh, for my wife's uh, stocking Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay, let's, let's move. Let's, back, to, back to heresy. That was from Ann Summers. Um, Christmas, Christmas stocking. Okay. Um, they, had a, they, they sold a lot of board game stuff, and there was a tiny little expansion for a game she loved. So, um, oh, perfect. I, I won't say it here because she no, might she, listen to this while no, I edit. Goodness, so, I hope that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll take this bit out. <laughs> um, so I actually I bought some Prussian blue from Valero, which is Ooh. the colour that I use for my um, world eaters. So that was good because I was going to have to try and find some somewhere. So anyway, it's an independent stocker, so it's got a lot of range of different things, all the paints in the world kind of thing. Um, nice. Valero model colour, Games Workshop, lots of um, card, you know, for various card games, board games, uh, some Game Workshop stuff there as well. And then of course I think there was actually probably about. I think you could probably have about uh, I don't know, 
five, about 20 tables, 15 tables. No, that's about 20 tables. I think they could do a maximum. Um, so, you know, quite a, a compact event in terms of that. But it, it didn't feel very crunched up, did it? It was it was good. No, no, plenty of space for the table. Yeah. So we got there on the Saturday morning. It was all um, it was all very well organised. Um, we just had a little chat and introduced ourselves to everybody, said hello. Uh, and then we got on with it. So they were going to, in a similar way to how we did Company of Legends, I suppose, they had a narrative that they would uh, introduce at the course of every game. And we'd get the mission as well. Um, but they were writing the narrative as they went. Um, I know, right? Yes. That's impressive right. stuff. Well, not only that, they were writing the narrative that was not only for the Age of Darkness, but for the Zone Mortalis as well. So I've got to say, that was a big challenge there. I would have been slightly concerned about that. But um, So that was the plan. So they'd written the first part of the narrative and they talked the narrative out, told us what was happening, where we're attacking. And obviously there was a... a sort of parallel if you like between the two uh theaters of war so what happened on the um space station would eventually affect potentially what happened on the uh, on the ground as it were and vice versa i think yeah so that was it um my first go so this is the list that i took for those who, who aren't familiar with it so i was taking uh my world eaters so i i, I kind of toned it down a bit uh, from what it was previously Made a few changes. Uh, I got rid of Angron, although I did take him just in case I had a particularly evil fight. But, you know, I didn't really... Um, the, the nine of the lists were like that. So what it has... Was, I had, it was quite a general, quite a chilled sort of event. Did you get the yeah. um, opponent's lists beforehand? We, we uh, didn't, no. did we? So no, okay. It's going in blind kind of thing. Yeah, they didn't publish the lists up beforehand. Though we did send them all in. So they'd also mm. done a bit of work in, behind the scenes to sort of balance the lists if you see what i mean and, and maybe yeah. do a bit like what we did but be less obvious with it and sort of say you know that army's kind of like top tier and this army's you know just okay and that one's you know it probably uh more more narrative than um gamey so but it was uh, just by looking at the armies you could tell this this was no blood and glory when it came to the level of mm, i hate to use the word meta because it just sounds really naff but some events you go to and you can sort of tell by the army list what sort of games you're going to get if that makes any sense so some our lists in company legends can kind of fluctuate between the very strong and the and the very narrative um the ones of blood and glory and most of those were, were more on the strong side i think would be fair um okay. whereas this one was was more, very much more about um sort of narrative even gareth who is uh, notorious for bringing extremely powerful lists <clears throat> everywhere he goes and in fact you know has a it's quite unapologetic about that. Um, you know, he, he brought a much toned down uh, Thousand Suns list. Okay. So you know, so that, <clears throat> everyone bought into that, which is good. I think so. I think also that Kieran um, was quite sort of insistent, you know, in the, in the rules pack and everything, saying, look, this isn't, a, you know, this isn't about smashing face. And we may actually refuse <clears throat> people entry if they bring, you know, really, really powerful lists. So they were very keen to keep that... Um, that ethos which is admirable and i do genuinely think it worked yeah good um, yeah definitely so um was really good so you know and i hadn't brought you know when i first said oh, i might take iron warriors he was like please don't take iron warriors i was like <laughs> okay i won't take my iron warriors then um so i said okay so uh, you know and I, and I ran my list by him a couple of times just to make sure that it was fitting of the theme of of the, the event 
so this is what I took. Um, so I had a Praetor with all of the sort of normal Praetor trimmings. So Cataphracto armor, a Paragon blade, digital lasers, master crafted, the usual stuff. Um, where else did he have anything else? Master crafted, yeah, no, just a Paragon blade, Cataphracti, away he went. Um, I then had a Chaplain because I just got so sick of missing all of the time. So uh, I had a <laughs> I had a chaplain. So I'd re I painted a new chaplain for this um, from the I think it's the Calf box set the chaplain comes in. Oh um, yeah, with the um, with, with the, the Crozius thing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So he had a Crozius, he had melter bombs, and he had artisifer armor and the refractor shield, the sort of standard loadout, I suppose. Um, and then I also brought my Moritat, uh, who is without shadow of doubt one of the most useless things in the universe. And it proved, <laughs> <laughs> proved me right every time. Um, so basically, Moritat, Artisifer Armor, Melter Bombs, uh, Jump Pack, uh, Plasma Pistol, and the Volkite Serpenta. So with his chain fire rule, you know, the idea is that he would shoot the Volkite Serpenta because I'm not crazy enough to try and hit on, because I know how many twos I roll. Um, and then, you know, one shot. If it's not twos, it's ones you're worrying about. Basically, you, you get stressed if you roll anything less than a three, don't you? That's Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. I, I feel that statistically, I, I roll an <clears> abnormal <throat> number of twos and ones. And if I'm honest with you, this weekend did absolutely nothing to dispel that particular okay. thing. <laughs> so, Moritat. And then I'd, I'd gone a bit off-piste, really. So I had a destroyer squad. Um, and you don't see many of these. And there's a reason for that. Oh, see, I, <laughs> I like destroyer squads. Oh man, they're not. You know, I'm not really sure what to do with them. I think it's part so of the because the, the thing with destroyers is, it's they're useful for taking out big guys, so Primarchs, things like that. If you put the um, rad grenades on the rad missile launchers. Yeah, so I had a rad missile them. launcher guy. Yeah. So I had one of them, and the rest of them were just the the two pistol packing peats. And then the sergeant I'd given artisifer armor uh, and two phosphex bombs because phosphex bombs are quite handy. Although I always forget that I've given them two phosphex bombs uh, in the sort of heat of battle. Yeah, and so at ten points a, a piece. That or yeah, is there, I've, I've always forgotten every time I've taken them. Yeah, it's basically twenty points of I'm going to forget that. Um, and it, true, true enough, that's exactly what happened. So. Um, <laughs> They're a kind of a weird squad because when I've used them before, I've deep struck them and they've died. And so I thought, well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'll put them on the table and then at least they can have a chance. Didn't quite work out like that. But anyway, it was a different unit. You don't see very, them very often. So I thought, you know, it's a nice change. 305 points, mind you, for a squad. So, you know, we're talking serious numbers. Uh, um, did they have jump packs? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I'd gone all infantry. So, Going from the extreme of the armor breakthrough list where I had no infantry uh, at Blood and Glory, I wanted a list with no tanks, really, apart from transports, which don't count. So um, I had five Terminator squads. Uh, four of them were Cataphracti squads. One was a six-man squad. The other three were five-man squads. And the three five-man squads were all in Dreadclaws, yep. which are very good. Uh, the six-man squad uh, and was a cataphracta as well and i had a which you kindly and david had painted i believe the um six man uh tartarus oh. terminator squad yeah yeah so i had those as well with the chain fist so um 
because you know they are actually pretty good particularly if you're trying to get people to to, to leave the table quickly and um great against you know your your armor three guys that ability to run and is all the all the difference i think with those over the um yeah i mean kind yeah. Of, i know you don't get the, the toughness Sweep, but yeah sweeping advances are good yeah um you know when, when it happens so and they, there's a lot of attacks with the world eaters because you're looking at um five attacks per model there because yeah, they've so got yeah. uh two on the profile extra combat weapon and two for rage just so, you don't need to tell me how many attacks those guys get uh, i'm still i'm yeah. still the, the scars are still evident on my models <laughs> <coughs> so and also with shred as well makes them yeah, oh yeah so good squad that one uh and then i had a storm eagle uh with las cannons and multi-melter and then i had a spartan with all of the usual spartan upgrades so uh dozer blade flare shield armor ceramite usual stuff um and that was it so basically the plan for the army was um deploy very little and always try and go second uh so the spartan with one of other of the terminator squads in it usually the praetor squad but i could put them in the storm eagle if i wanted uh, dropped the two Dreadclaw drop pods first turn as part of the um, thing in the assault, drop, uh, drop pod assault, and then bring the rest on um, as and when the reserve rolls uh, are kind to me, which wasn't yeah. that often. Uh, the Moritat with the destroyer squad, I was kind of not sure whether deep strike or um, have on the board, so I kind of alternated with that. But the plan was pretty much get up there, classics kind of Chris Mills stuff, get up there, get in the grill. <laughs> And uh, and cause as much bother as possible. Um, and tried and tested, tried and tested, tried and tested. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a well. I suppose on on paper that looks like quite a strong army list. I suppose, um, but you know, there's no shooting to speak of, uh, which is something that you talked about on the Dreadcore episode that I listened to um, about Blood and Glory and the, and the downsides of doing that. The advantage I think that I had over you is that I had Dreadclaws. Yeah, you've so got I have to get, things you can. Yeah. You've got yeah, armor to, to hide yourself. Yeah. Yeah, 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 definitely. So yeah, not a bad, not a bad little army. The big number of attacks really helped for the world eaters with their right of war. Sorry, with their um, legion special rule, so they get rage, uh, which gives them two attacks when they're on the charge. Of course, when they get charged, they don't get that. So not quite as cool. Um, but yeah, a lot of all of the terminators are most of them. I think is of the of the non lightning claw ones have all got power fists and or chain fists so you're always initiative last but against big primarchs not a great deal other than weight of numbers really so so that was my list what about yours michael uh my list okay well i took a praetor um who was taking the reaping as his right of war he was in catapult armor um had a volkite charger uh, master crafted power scythe uh digital lasers um, then he was uh, backed up with a um, Death Shroud um, squad of four, uh, and they had uh, rad grenades, and they were in a, um, uh, a Land Raider, uh, just the, is it the Phobos? Or, yeah, Phobos, uh, with Armored Ceramite and a Dozer Blade. Yeah. Um, and then there was the squad of Terminators, um, five-man squad of Terminators, one Reaper Auto Cannon. Uh, power scythe and the sergeant, two power fists, one chain fist, and a grenade harness, uh, rag grenades, and they were in a uh, another <coughs> land raider. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, same same upgrades. Then there was a uh, contempt dreadnought with a las cannon uh, arm and a chain fist arm with graviton gun. Uh, okay. 
in the um, in the troop section, I have three troop choices. I have two mostly identical um, tactical squads, uh, 10 men, um, bolters with additional combat weapon. Um, sergeant had artificer armor, melter bombs, rag grenades, and one sergeant had a, 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 um, a lightning claw, and the other sergeant had a power scythe, and they were both in rhinos with dozer blades. Um, then in um, then there was a uh, another rhino with a dozer blade, and that was carrying a um, ten man heavy flamer squad with chem uh, chem chem munitions and a um, ra- and rag grenades on the sergeant. Uh, then it, there was no fast attack. In heavy support, there was um, a whirlwind Scorpius, and then there was a um, a Sakaran Arcus uh, with neutron flux missiles, uh, pirate f- missiles, sky spear missiles. Yeah. Oh no, it didn't have the neutron flux. Sorry, it didn't have. Okay. The um, it had everything but the neutron flux, um, armored ceramite, um, and last cannon sponsons. And then in the Lord of War, I took a Typhon with. Um, uh, armored ceramite and a uh, last cannon sponsons this was the first outing on massive death guard wasn't it yep you were using you know, the death guard for the centurion event at bng and then you played your um word bearers for the rest of the event so you're you looking forward to getting these guys up and running and yeah i was i was and i was glad uh it's got it was got to give them an outing. They um they did pretty good in their for, in their first couple of games. Okay, so let's let's get into the the, the meat of the pie. Um, to you, I'm sure is, is a northern proverb. Um, who wants to go first? Game one, Saturday morning. Yes. So you want to go? So who are yeah. you? So you, were you playing standard missions? Were they special? Uh, they were pretty much all custom missions. Oh, okay, cool. See. Okay, so the first mission it was search and destroy, so quarters, and you basically had to the tr- the loyalist picked a corner and deployed first. Traitors then deployed in the opposite corner, and in- <clears throat> the traitors picked one of the remaining two quarters to be the landing zone, and they had to get as many um, units in there as possible um, in order to seize yeah. the landing zone. They had to have scoring more- units, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yes. I don't think they mentioned so that. Were you, sorry. Were you both traitors, be or were one of you traitor and one of you loyalist, or how was the? Uh, we were both traitors. Yes, we were. Okay, cool. Yeah, just so we've got the information to start with. Um, okay, so you getting opponent, getting scoring units into. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it was like you as the as the <coughs> traitor, the the um loyalist picked a quarter. Um, I think they would go first as well, but you, as the traitor, you know, picked a quarter. But the, one of the unoccupied quarters, you secretly chose as your kind of landing zone, and the idea was get your units in there. And I think the um, loyalists got points for keeping you out or destroying your units. I can't remember which one. It okay, was. so it's similar in a way to the last mission we played at Blood and Glory. The noose. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was similar, but it had a kind of yeah secret aspect to it. I think yeah, the, just the, the noose mission or whatever it is. I think you you, you tell your opponent where you're going. Yeah. Um. So it was cool. It was really cool. Um. Nice. And it and actually, do you know what? It's 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 inspired me a little bit because it's um. You know, we play those same six missions in the Red yeah. Box all of the time. And um. Actually, do you know what? It was really nice to play some some missions that somebody had made up. And uh, they were they worked really well. I don't know if they did a lot of play testing, but every mission that they did felt custom and 
every one of them worked, which is yeah. you know small yeah. team because I know you know writing missions is tough and um, it's easy to get it horribly wrong and you know you've got like people have had a bad game but these were all really really good. So nice. so to my, play so, game one. So yeah, so my first game was against World Eaters, confusingly. Okay. Uh, so um, they. I don't know what happened here. I guess there might have been a slight balance in the size, but ultimately my world eaters were taking on a evil clone esque of Angron and his world eaters. So uh, yeah, see, well, yes, you know, they did, the world eaters do like to play with the genetics. You know, we... that is true. So they had a creature that was remarkably similar looking and acting to Angron, um, and they had uh, a fair. So this was going to be a right old dust up, as you can imagine. So uh, I'm trying to think what. So the guy I played uh, was Rich C, I think his name was. Let me just check. Yeah, Rich C. Um, so he had a similar kind of approach to me. He, he had some drop pods. He had some Deathstorm drop pods, which were, which are great. Uh, he also had the big drop pod. The I can't remember what the, how you pronounce it. Carib- Charibulus. Oh, um, Charybdis, yeah. Yes, Charybdis. Uh, so the the massive thing, and actually, I've not seen one up close. If I'm completely truthful with you, and seeing it up close, I was like, blimey, it really is massive. Um, great big piece of kit. Uh, you know, it's bad enough transporting dreadclaws. I would hate to transport that thing in its own case. So uh, this was a, just basically an absolute bloodbath uh, from start to finish. Really, uh, he deployed, I deployed, we just went at it, hammer and tong, no holds barred. Uh, so I kind of saw the he had used he also used red butchers, which I've never used, um, which is a nice change. I mean, that, they suffer a bit from Gorgon mode, um, although I don't want to particularly open that sore wound after our earlier discussions. But um, they have power uh, weapons, so it didn't stop their power axes. So it didn't really matter against me because I had terminators and all my terminators were going at the same initiative as them anyway. So in that case, they were kind of balanced out. Um, okay. So he had a, a squad of those. Uh, he had a Praetor. I think he had a, I don't think he had an Apocryphy or anything in there as well. Um, might have had a Chaplain as well. So with um, the Angron against my guys. And basically what I did is I uh, just kept throwing units at Angron, the clone, uh, to try and slow him down with bodies um, and, it, and it seemed to kind of work, really. Uh, he had a Le- actually had a Leviathan as well in a drop pod. So he had the Leviathan coming down. He had these Deathstorm drop pods coming down, which, you know, normally are, are quite effective. But obviously against Terminators that are you know, or Spartans, which is the only things I kind of had on the board. They didn't do a great deal with the first turn they came in on. Which, um, which missiles did he have in them? Was it the... So I think with the Dreth... Death- yes, I think you can choose. I think it was yeah. the... It was the powerful strength eight ones. Strength eight AP three. Yeah, so yeah, can't do anything against the Spartan if as long as I've got the flare shield next to it, and um, the uh, Terminators, all of the uh, guys on turn one are basically in the dread claws anyway, so it kind of nullifies that if you go second against that kind of army. If I'd had my um, <coughs> armor breakthrough, for example, the, the dread claws would the the death storms would have been absolutely lethal. Um, because they would have been you know, dropping in and shooting multiple angles with these strength eight missiles, which would have you know, yeah. torn through predators. So anyway, that's what happened. He had Angron and the Red Butchers in the, the big drop pod. He had a Leviathan. Um, I had my guys coming in, and what I did was, over the course of a number of turns, 
was really just hold him up um, while I tried to get some semblance of uh, stuff into uh, that my sort of secret deployment zone. Uh, up to a point, I think. I think I decided that Angron must die. Um, and then after throwing three squads at him, thought, actually, I probably should probably put something in the deployment zone now because uh, it's kind of like turn four. So I tried my best <coughs> just by keep, keep throwing people at him. Yeah. But uh, unfortunately, he, he beat me to the punch there. So um, it was like I say, it was, there was basically sort of one area where we were just throwing troops after troops after troops at each other um, and just you know, hoping for that charge. But fortunately, I think I managed to carry the day. So I think it was two points for, it might have been two points for a squirrel unit and one point for a denial unit, I think, in the deployment zone. I think I managed to get enough points just to eke it. So, um, yeah, very close game. Very good, good fun game. You know, lots of banter between the two of us. Uh, so that was really good. Really set the scene for me. How sense. many how many models did you each have left at the end of the game? Just Being World Eaters versus World Eaters. Like... So actually, do you know what? I had, I had my Spartan was still alive. And that provide actually was really resilient throughout the whole of the game. Um, I managed to keep two of the Dreadclaws alive. Um, the Storm Eagle was alive, and I think I had a squad of Terminators left. Okay. And that was it. You know, everything yeah. else had been chewed up and spat out and minced um, you know, from various things. But in terms of what he had there, he had the the, the, um, the big drop pod. He had a, dread, a Deathstorm drop pod left. And he had Angron and the... Um, Red butchers. Okay. But actually, it was po- actually no, it wasn't point. It was it was actual points values of the models, wasn't it, Michael? Ah, uh, yes, that's right. That's it. Yeah. So it was actually the physical points values of the models that you had in the deployment oh, okay. zone, and you totted those up. Um. So I actually, you know, Spartan with all the stuff's quite expensive. The yeah. store the Storm Eagle's not cheap either. A couple of Dreadclaws are you know three two hundred and thirty points. So um, I managed to out outscore him on that one. So that's how I managed to win that. So, yeah, but great game. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the mission. Uh, he was a great player. He had a really nicely painted army as well. His World Eaters were more of that sort of classic sort of blood-drenched World Eaters than mine, slightly more cleaner versions are. But, um, yeah, we had good times. Really good. So, really, you should have been the other way around. He should have been the the, law, the traitors and you should have been the loyalists. Yes, I think that would probably have been For slightly a, easier. Aesthetically, that would have looked. Yes. Um, but it was good because, you know, we could both basically create... Uh, um, correct each other's when we got the rules wrong. <laughs> so so um, I, I think he had. I think he thought that he didn't have rage, um, okay. and I was like, well, actually, yeah. Technically, if you're playing a loyalist world eater, you don't. But you're playing Angron, so let's assume that you're you know, you're not. Yeah. Um, so that giving him rage and things like that. So yeah, it's good. Oh, nice. Really good. Michael, what about you for for game one? Uh, I played Phil and his um, loyalist um, Iron Warriors. Um, it was a uh, land raider heavy list. Um, with a glaive. Uh, I just I just assume Iron Warriors all take vehicles. I just thought that's that's how that army worked. Yeah, that's basically the only way to play them. Yeah. <laughs> so you, a lot of and a glaive, which as we all know, cannot be a lot of fun at times. Yeah, but it was uh, it was fine. It was <clears> fine. <throat> um, I think the I have obviously a Titan uh, in the first. Oh round. yeah, this is true. This is one of the very rare occasions where. The glaive isn't the bad guy. Yeah. The first, the, the, the first, first round of shooting, um, I managed to take off um, half his hull points off yeah. that glaive. Um, so he was uh, he was immediately sort of uh, struggling, as it were. 
uh, was that great. Because, um, uh, I mean, he destroyed my Typhon, you know, you know, reasonably quickly with those last cannons on his Land Raiders. But I was able to, uh, you know, take off, take his uh, glaive right down and just whittle it down slowly but surely. Um, the Arcus did the most of the rest. Yeah. Uh, so they're always going to do that, though, aren't they? They are, you know, and you guys love them. I think yeah, they are a great tank, so. Yeah, I mean, I think they are a very they they can do a couple of things in that slot if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they're very good for that. Yeah, so so the Arcus did all that, and it was a real real slog. Um, you know, um, I was, I, uh, you know, we were both sort of taking out units here and there, um, and there was very little left. My advantage was I ran, well, you know, turbo boosted the two rhinos with uh, my uh, troops, it my tactical squads right into the the, the landing zone and sort of um, held them in the corner there whilst distracting him with other units um, for his glaive. Um, and they did all right. Um, you know, he shot at the, the tactical squads a couple of times and he brought the rhinos both down to one hole point each. Uh, but obviously, you know, they, inside the men were relatively well protected. Only lost a couple of them. Um, and at one point, um, it was just this brilliant. He got... Ten tyrants each terminus out of Spartan, uh, along with Keir Valen. And I had my Death Shroud, my Praetor, and my Heavy Flamer guys all basically surrounded him in the, ter- the, the next turn. And, um, yeah, they, uh, um, they they flamed them to death. Oof. Yeah. Because um, Keir Valen does something weird in combat, doesn't he, if I remember correctly? Uh, he's got... Um, he's a good character. He's more... He's more of a he's more of a sort of buff Zveld rather than being particularly good himself. But he's he's like a Praetor. He has got a Paragon Blade. He has the ability to um, call a disorganized charge once per game. That's, that's the thing, yeah. Yeah, because I think I did that to you when I had him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did that. He did that to me because there was only a couple mm. left when I when I swept in and he was sort of, and I you know to, uh, to challenged him with a Death Shroud, um, and he rolled all ones for his attack. Oh. Yeah, that's what happens with Keir Mellon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. Uh, he's a great character. He's a great support character. You know, gives a, a unit plus one to their um, uh, sorry to re-roll ones if they're in the deployment zone. You know, he, he does a lot of good buffs. But yeah, he's 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 no slouch. But he's not a he's not he's not a um, killer of uh, Primarchs. Yeah, but then my um my power size just finished him off. It was, I think there were two Terminators left in Keir Mellon. <sighs> Um, yeah. after all the flamethrowers because there were 10, he- 10 heavy flame bur- flamers um, which got most of the squad under them each Oof. so I think I had to roll like uh, 80, 80 <laughs> dice did, did he roll all his saves one after, one after another because that's what I would have done in that situation Yeah, just and then he had to re-roll because he's got shred haven't they yes I, I re- uh, so pretty much all of them wounded <sighs> Jesus, that's serious stuff. Definitely going to sting, but, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we'll come on to that later. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I ended up winning by quite a considerable margin. Um, but it was a really close game. Um, you know, if it'd been any other mission, it would have been a you know a, um a lot closer. Okay. So you managed to get more in the deployment zone than than he had basically points wise. Yeah, yeah. I think he had. I think he had um a rhino. Right. Okay, it was fairly convincing then. <laughs> Ouch. 
Truth. Yeah, okay. I, I had a Terminator squad, um, a, a Land Raider, two Rhinos, two Tactical squads, and an Arcus. And well. Just for laughs at the end. Yeah, it's hardly, hardly a scratch. <clears throat> hardly laid a glove on you. Basically, yeah, to get the Typhon. Yeah. That's, I mean, basically, you should, you, should, you should get a win for just taking out the Typhon. I think so. Every time. D- double points. I, I took out the glaive, so, you know. Yeah, true, 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 true. Fair enough. Okay, okay. so um, game two. So what was the mission here, Michael? Uh, the mission for game two, let's pull it up. Actually, I kind of know this Before you go into mission two, I'm just going to... T- in regards to the narrative... Yes. So I, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> the problem is what they what they didn't do, which we do, is they didn't print it out and give you a copy. Oh, okay. So you, you so knew it. You, you were told it at the time, but there was no way of... With my short-term memory... Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's I, just, I just thought I'd ask just for the just yeah. for the listeners. Uh, the traitors, the traitors won. Yeah, they did win well, the first well. game. Yeah, that that I do know, but I can't remember what the narrative was uh, or what we were doing. I've got a better recollection of the second day. Um, well, yeah, which is good. It, it was more recent. Yes, I think basically it was. Um, you know, we'd held the thing. There was stuff going on in space, but you know, I think the traitors had won the ground. The Age of Darkness battles, and the um, loyalists had, had, had whitewashed the space battles. Okay. If that makes any sense. Uh, yep, perfect sense. That's good. Okay, it's, cool. So, um, so actually, I remember to, the mission. This mission actually, because it was a really good so one. So this is you had to get. You got one. You chose one independent character from your army, and he was basically following it. Yeah. Yeah. So the Royalists chose one character from their army, and this character was given a piece of uh, ancient, what's the word? Archaeotech. Archaeotech um, equipment. And this Archaeotech equipment gave him a two plus invun, and his squad, I think, a plus one to their invun, or a three plus invun, one of the two. Can't remember. But the the, the idea was that, that basically... Uh, the loyalists had to get that character into the traitors' deployment zone. And this was um, hammer and anvil deployment, so lengthways two 24-inch deployment zones. And if then uh, basically, if they had that guy or that character in the deployment zone by the end of the game, they got five points. If I kept him out, I got the traitors. Sorry, if the traitors kept him out, they got five points. And that was pretty much it for victory points for that one, I think. Uh, Michael might have the yeah. thing in front of him. Uh, yeah, I've got it in front of me. Yeah, so um, first blood attrition price. Oh yes, that's right. So and uh, three VPs for killing oh, three. Or, yeah. or him surviving. Yeah. Okay. So my game was against the same army that Michael had just fought. So Glaive, <laughs> Keir Valen, Iron Warriors. I knew I was in. You know, apart from the Glaive, I knew where I was with this it, army. He had a Tyrant Siege Terminators. Did you offer to switch sides? No, I just said uh, I think I might be okay with. <coughs> I, I probably don't. <laughs> I probably don't need an explanation of what Keir Valen does. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it was really good, uh, and it was a great guy. I really like this guy, uh, and we had an absolute. This was a belt of this mission. So, basically, he put Keir Valen in the Spartan with the Tyrant Siege Terminator squad, uh, and uh, and all I had to do, all I knew I had to do, was just to stop that Spartan. Yeah. Um, 
basically and and hope for the best so i managed to i ignore the glaive which is what i always do now i'm just not even going to bother shoot i'm not going to bother going for it unless i've got nothing else to attack um simply because it's a lot of hull points and it, you know what all it wouldn't have won me anything all i needed to do really was to stop the spartan and I suppose against your list it wouldn't have been too much of an issue no i suppose because okay. i was i was always going to get a four plus in one save yeah um against the the spartan mm-hmm. Sorry, no real massive yeah. bod, no massive armor to sort of worry about no. it chomping through. So yeah, exactly. And and basically, it's, my guys were going to be in amongst his guys as quickly as possible. So the glaive, you know, couldn't really target them without getting his own fellas, and not allowed to do that. So that, that was the plan: swarm that Spartan, get the squad out of the Spartan, and, and deal with Kia Valen. Um, but the glaive is is it's a it's a tough tank that glaive, you know, because when you, you just think, oh, I'll be okay, I'm not to worry about it, and then you'll find some little chink where you haven't thought about the fact it can move 12 and still fire that beam. Sure. And it and it just goes like, oh, boom, boom, boom. But fortunately, you know, most of the things he was shooting at was getting a couple of models, two models at a time. Um, I was getting increasingly paranoid about my placement at that point. So I was trying to limit the number of guys that that beam would go through. Um, I don't really mind if it goes through the... Um, Dread claws, to be honest with you, because they're kind of disposable anyway. Uh, you know, they're just they don't really do much except fly around burning stuff. So once they've done their business in terms of getting the squad to the table, they, they're fairly, you know, they just don't really have a, a purpose as such. So, um, so that's how it went basically. I managed to get his guys out of the he had <coughs> a couple of tactical squads in uh, Land Raider, he had another squad in the Rhino, and I just basically went to town on those with my Terminators got them out, managed to throw enough bodies at the Spartan to get that out, and then the Tyrant Siege Terminators, I forgot how hard they are, um, particularly with a 3-plus in one save, because then they really do take some yeah. chewing through. And Because they've got power fists themselves, you know, they, they shoot twice as well, they've got some big missiles, so they are a tough squad. I think it was a big 10-man squad he had. Um, yeah, 10-man. Yeah, so um, that was really tough, but basically, I managed to, I just kept throwing people at it wave after wave of terminators uh, dying you know in, in sort of what would be classic iron warrior style um, just to stop kirvalen and in the end i managed to so by the end by the time the game finished and i think i've got a picture on the edge of empire's page uh, showing this i think he was about three inches short of where he needed to be oh so, that's yeah. The, yeah yeah i remember seeing that word yeah yeah so i basically had a sort of you will not pass i had my three destroyers left uh, just in case there was a turn seven um, and then he was ba- just just him just left and he was three inches short. Um, so it was super close, really, really close game. But um, yeah, great fun, that one, because it was total carnage. And I, it's quite nice to play the army that you normally play. Yeah, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, <coughs> that was a good one. Enjoyed that. What about yourself, Michael? Game two. Uh, I played Richie uh, Gentry, uh, the guy who we traveled uh-huh, up with, yeah. and he had... Um, Loyalist Death Guard, um, built around a recon squad. So traitor Death Guard taking on the Loyalist Death Guard. And he put his uh, his relic on a Vigilator. Was this his list with all the Dreadnoughts? Yes, Dreadnoughts. Okay, cool. Uh, recon Marines and a Marines. Vigilator. Yeah, the ones, same list we saw at Blood and Glory. Yeah. Uh, like, no, a Company of Legends, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. eight Dreadnoughts. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I remember. Lots Looks of great. Now. It looks does. Really it, it, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a tough one. My um basically because obviously a vigilator 
can uh, it's outflank. Um, so he came on in the deployment zone, uh, turn two. Mm. Uh, so it was basically fire everything at it and just don't stop firing until um, until he was dead. Um, and you know I sent in Terminator squad. Um, I sent in the uh, I, I, I I pounded him with the the Arcus and the whirlwind um, all the time while using uh you know trying to keep those uh, dreadnoughts from getting close to my vehicles which were going to do the job for me and it was just keep keep on shooting because with a two <coughs> on save uh it was just going to take lots and lots of shooting uh at one point i fired my um typhon um onto a onto him uh knowing that if it scattered in pretty much any direction it was going to hit my land raider and a rhino God, that's, and the, it, that's the sort of tactic i love <laughs> and it did, and it blew up the Rhino and the Land Raider, both of which uh, wounded him, but he managed to save those. And eventually, it was um, eventually, you know, he just failed, failed the save, um, and it took him out. Uh, it was just pounding him with as many shots as possible. Yeah, it's always going to roll. Eventually, they're going to roll a one, aren't they? Yeah. And if you hit him with strength eight, strength ten stuff you need to make one of those fails and that's it's game over because it's doubled out yeah well that's exactly what i did and it took it i mean the archetype weapon they had on this thing was a uh, four inch range strength oh yeah ap1 and <sighs> with, ouch with fleshbane yeah so yeah it was serious um um but i think i only had by that i didn't have any vehicles as such so it would have just killed one guy anyway so and they were still getting four plus in one so yeah, so it was, uh, cool. it was a tough one. Yeah, so, I, I really enjoyed the mission, though. I thought the mission was very cool. I quite yeah, like yeah. escort missions. Yeah, it was a re- really, really good mission. A bit of a twist on the relic, I guess. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so game three. That was a that was a funny old one, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, do you want to read this one out? Because I can't yeah. I remember who oh, I played. I uh, in mission. terms of narrative, the, loyalist, the loyalists lost again. Yeah. Uh, so turn three, uh, so round three was Dawn of War, and it was um, the Loyalists had six Karoa, uh, so six sheep. Oh, yeah. uh, no, were, no, well, wasn't that, that was? Oh, yes, you're right. Yes, you're right. So I've, sp- I've skipped again. Yep. Yeah, six the sheep. The sheep. And this was great. <laughs> the traitors had to kill as many of these as possible. Mm. They were the, the planet's precious food resources. Yeah. And they were tough old beasts. They were beasts um, that were weapon skill three, ballistic skill zero, strength five, toughness five, four wounds, um, three attacks, and a five plus save. Yeah. So, so they, they were fairly tough. Yeah, they're not going to go down easily, are they? No. But it was a good it was a good concept for a mission. Having these, uh, they were basically plastic sheep that they'd used, <laughs> um, <coughs> and you had. So basically, the loyalists had to defend these sheep, and you could have put them in one squad, or you could have, uh, or could have put them. I think my when we played it, the guys playing, uh, we we thought it was a unit of sheep, but it wasn't. They were like five or six individual sheep things, oh, and so you could have put them anywhere. Um, because they were beasts, they moved twelve, so they take some some herding. Um, but anyway, I loved this mission. I thought it was uh, I thought it was really different. Really, really different, uh, and um, you know it was, a, it was a different challenge. So I really enjoyed this one. So I was playing against uh, your favourite, second favourite potentially legion. That was the uh, cursed uh, Imperial Fists. 
And so I'd already got my got my dander up because I thought, well, your inner uh, iron warrior came out today. Uh, my inner iron warrior came out. So uh, this was this was a cracking game as well. Um, so yes, we had this this livestock that we that they were defending, and the uh, he'd put a sort of ring of steel around this livestock. So he had an arcus. He had uh, quite a lot of uh, sort of a couple of heavy heavy um, weapons guys. He had uh, some quad heavy bolters. He had a bunker for a bit of defence and classic kind of uh, uh, um, imperial fist stuff. Yeah. Uh, and but what he didn't have, he didn't have things like which he probably should have done. I think he didn't have. I think he had a might have had one augury scanner um, and stuff like that. But with the way he deployed, I could kind of avoid it if you see what I mean. Yeah. I kind of managed to you know get out of the way of it and stuff so uh he had quite a lot of shooting but not enough shooting if that makes any sense he had quite a lot of bolters and they've got some they've got a good bolter drill haven't they yeah so we um oh god it's been ages now but yeah we're better we're blister skill five, blister skill we're five. bolters yeah, yeah. and um any bolters, pretty, like heavy bolters yeah heavy well. bolters as well anything bolt pistols bolters yeah. there's a bolter in the title yeah um yeah because I think he had a squad of heavy bolter, heavy, <coughs> squad of missile launcher, heavy support guys, and I was saying he had these um, quad uh, heavy bolters from the uh, rapier uh, weapons batteries. Uh-huh. So, but the rest of the squad I think were mainly um, sort of uh, veterans and or tactical marines. So not enough, not anything in the way of terminators or sort of specialist close combat mm-hmm. units. Yeah. So no, no Templar brethren or anything like that. No just... Templar brethren, no. But, um, so really, it was just a question of me running up there and smushing the bejesus out of things. Um, I managed to immobilise the Arcus with the Spartans, so that kind of took that out of the game. And the rest of it was very much just me running forward with my guys um, and just smashing into various fairly large squads of Imperial fists and sending them back to the emperor in bits yeah so uh great game um we thought we'd won it earlier because we thought it was a squad and that i'd actually managed to kill one of the um sheep and the rest of the squad then failed their leadership test and would have run off the board but when we got the um mike michael over to none of their individuals so that made it a bit more interesting but i love the idea that there was like a lead sheep and the other sheep went what do we do sarge <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, or basically they just followed him, you know, into, yeah. oh, my God, we've lost our leader, we're going to run off, which would have made some kind of sense. They had leadership seven as well, so obviously in close combat, um, you could you could make them run quite easily. That's like guardsmen sort of territory, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. So, so it was that was I thought it was a really well thought out mission this one, very interesting, um, and it was interesting how people played it differently, but I think um probably the best tactic was to split them up and just have them running around like crazy things. Because um, you could have really just kited me round the board because I could never have caught them. Yeah. Um, put the Benny Hill know, theme tune on and yeah, uh, well, yeah. Away you go. But luckily, I think I managed to kind of put them into a corner and then they couldn't go anywhere because I kind of closed them off and just ran in there and did a sort of disorganised charge and just smashed my way through them. So yeah, um, another yeah. victory, another victory, no less, um, for the for the, cra- for the crazy guys, um, getting into the swing of things with them. Uh, by now so mushing people 
they are good at mushing people they really are but yeah. it was a, he, this was a lot of fun and we had some really good laughs with this as well um uh, it was a really good opponent uh, and i've got to say at the end of the day i was really um you know i had three excellent games with really nice people uh which you, i've got you know you go to a lot of events it's not often i'm, I'm completely truthful that you'll get three really good games like that. Yeah, yeah I feel. I mean. There's usually one that you're thinking, oh, that was a bit, that was quite gamey, or you know. Um, now it may be because I was just unused to winning games, um, and so that may have had something <clears> to do with it. But I, you know, we we had genuine fun and laughs playing these games. And I think um, you'll. Uh, well, well, should we come on to that in a minute? Yeah, yeah let's so, do that. The, the end of the day. So I think. So Michael, how did your game? How did your sheep r- rustling go? um less great um the game i had the uh list was a perfect counter for my list ah. uh, it was a raven guard very fast attack lots of melter um just wiped out my vehicles um the player was you know he was very laser focused on the game that was what he was uh, okay play the game so there wasn't much back and forth and that's cool i mean i'm not here to tell someone how they should play toy soldiers right um but you know it was it was what it was. It was a it was a game. Um, I couldn't. I, I just could not um, do anything. <clears> that. I mean, at one point, my Death Shroud and Praetor got into combat uh, with Corax, Cor- and I thought, right, you know, this is it. They, 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 they'll they'll do some wounds and then they'll die. And yep. uh, basically, the um, he, he thought, all oh, right, you know, Corax is going to wipe out your de- your Praetor and your Death Shroud. And then it was like, well, no, actually, my um, power size are pretty pretty handy. Yeah. Um, yeah. and he killed uh, one of the death shroud and the because uh, they're two wound models so um and then the um the the, the rest of them and the praetor just kind of took a few wounds off korax uh got him down to two wounds uh and he thought oh no actually korax Cor- would get hurt so i'm off out of this and he hit and run out of the um out of the combat uh, and uh, uh yeah uh, left left my squad to be taken care of by some uh um by some uh, uh, contemptors. Oh, ouch! That'll do it. So, yeah, yeah, it was it was less of a game for me simply because it was I I was there to administer the removal of my models. Um, yeah. The, <laughs> the, the list was a perfect counter to exactly what I had on the board. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd say mine <clears throat> the complete opposite of that. I mean, I think that I was the other end of that equation for for the, for the guy I was playing because you know he had a quite a shooty army. It was basically there in classic sort of um, Imperial Fist style to sort of take that shooting assault and then shoot back, you know, thin yeah. people out, get them down to a manageable point and then get in with your veterans and give them a hard time. But, you know, he did with all the Terminators, I think he, he struggled with not enough AP2. And uh, my key thing to take out was the um, Arcus, because that was probably the only multi-shot AP2 that he had. Um, so everything else was just going to get two plus saves every day of the week. So, but like I said, it didn't it didn't detract from what I felt was our enjoyment of the game, because you want to you know make sure that both people have a good time in when playing these things. And it's you know we had lots of fun, we had lots of banter, um, and it's a really great sport guy. So you know really good game, like I said. So, so end of game, end of day one. Yeah. And you got you guys both in good. You both had enjoyed. Yeah, the majority yeah. of the games and I enjoyed I, it a lot. Enjoying I, I, the enjoyed the missions yeah. and 
yeah, I think I enjoyed this day of gaming more than I have enjoyed a game, day of gaming for some time. Okay, that's always that's always yeah. a good thing. I definitely um, got that. Um, nice. It was really really good, uh, and like I said, it and it just goes to show really that it's not the missions were really good and, and they made me think, but um, in terms of sort of three sequential games one after the other, I just had a great great deal of fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, so uh, the next day we came back and we had another custom mission. Uh, yep. This was um, Vanguard Strike, so um, the uh, triangles. And we had to place five objective markers equal distance across the board. And yep. each of those um, was each of those objectives was worth three points um, to a controlling player at the end of the game. And they got um, fearless if they were um, in base contact with the supplies. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So this was a this was a great one. So I was playing um some wolves wolves the wolves of Fenris. Ah. Uh, so this this was a this was a tough list, right? This was top draw stuff. So we had um our old chum uh, the young king himself, who is a monster. Yep. He had him. He had a couple of special characters. Um, Eddie Redbeard, or whatever his name is. Cabal um, <laughs> Redblade. Eddie Redbeard. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, he was involved. Blimey, he's no, he's no slouch either. Uh, you know, he's got, got a ton of strength, six AP2 initiative attacks. So, yeah, not, you know, they're, they're, these are tough cookies. They had the dogs, the dog, you know, the wolves, um, Inner Spartan. So, you know, so it's a tough cookie to crack. Um, he also had some uh, some units that I'd never come across before, uh, which was really cool. So he had the Death Shroud and uh, Death Sworn, flipping egg. Now these boys are tough as out. They got everything coming out the wazoo. He was we were we were falling about with laughter actually because he was explaining to me their rules and and I was like, well, do you have like a big scroll of rules that you have to you know? And they have this. Oh, and this. And by the way, they also have this. So these guys are. I think they're multi-wound. No, they're single wounds, but they've got artificial armor. They've got um, invons. They've got everything. AP2 strength um, attacks on the initiative. They've got uh, feeling of pain because they've got the wolf priest of whatever they have. You know, the one where it's like a half chaplain, half... half uh, uh, and there was a bones over his car. It's cool now. Yeah. So in a, in a land raider... You know, big squad, bigger, nasty squad, you know, really tough. So he had those. He also had a couple of Grey Slayer squads, which are less tough, but still, as a troop choice, they don't, no slouches. Um, and I thought, this is going to be, this is going to be really tough. And I knew from previous experience how utterly, ridiculously tough um, our good friend, uh, Lehman Russ is. Yeah, I've just found the Death Sworn in the, in, in the Inferno. So, yeah. They, okay, yeah. Yeah, so... Let's have a, the single wound. Yep. 105 points. Uh, units of Death Sworn can't join by independent. Model, yeah. Units of the Death Sworn may not be joined by independent character models other than the Priest of Fenris. Yes. Priest of Fenris, the Speaker of the Dead subtype, may yeah. take Death Sworn instead of the Command yeah. Squad. Yeah. Uh, fearless when locked in assault. Yep. yep. Um, if one is slain, they can still make their attacks at initiative. That's one. exactly right. So if you kill them, they'll still hit you back. Yeah. 
Um, so weird one thing as well. Yeah, absolute beasts. Um, truly a serious number of people. So he had them, so they were a worry because I thought, wow, they're gonna they're gonna absolutely mince me in close combat um, because they're gonna go initiative with AP two, and that means I've got to make a load of four plus saves, which I'm notoriously bad for doing. Um, so yeah, there are these five objectives. I also had so he sort of split his army up. Uh, one side with Lehman Russ in the Spartan, with um, Eddie Redbeard and some, uh, what they're called, Fedekin or whatever they're called, the wolf um, bodyguard fellas. Oh, um, uh, Yes. Barragir uh, wolf yeah, yeah, so he had those um, with, a, um, I think he had yeah, that special character as well. So that's a tough squad. And I'm like, well, my Praetor with the chaplain... And my Terminator probably is not going to be able to deal with this. But, of course, you have to, you know, I can't say I'm not going to deal with this. You have to get in there. Although I was a little more cautious than I would have been normally because, you know, this is Lehman Russ and he is, you know, no, no messing about. So anyway, Russ came forward to get on the objectives on the left-hand side. The uh, Death Shroud and the um, uh, Grey Slayers, they went on the uh, right-hand side and basically kind of took the whole board over. So I just had the Spartan on um, to start with. Uh, everything else came on via sort of deep striking and the like. Um, so I managed to get out. I managed to smash around um, into the uh, uh, Grey Slayer squad. So I didn't, didn't have too much of a problem with them. I mean, counter charge, they, they've still got a fair number of attacks um, you know, for a sort of normal troop choice. But I managed to sort of mince my way through those. But the, the, the funniest thing or the most unbelievable thing for both of us was... Um, I had a five-man Terminator squad going up against this ten-man Death um, Swarm squad, and I was like, well, you know, I know that they're not going to do anything massively, but I might as well try and you know shoot them a bit and you know maybe flame them just to maybe get one or two wounds done if I'm lucky. So uh, this guy, this brave world eater, sidles up to the front with his heavy flamer. Leave us to me, lads. Heavy flamers, and I get about eight eight guys under the template. Uh, roll to wound, uh, and I get six. So it's like, ha, six, two plus saves. And the guy rolled six ones. Oh. <laughs> it was like, we just couldn't believe it. He actually physically rolled six dice, six ones. Oh. It was like, I've got a picture of that, because it was just incredible. And so, we, just couldn't, we were just like in shock. I was like, we couldn't believe it. So this got this obviously this world eater is an absolute champion. So anyway, I think I managed to get six of them. I think he then only made one field of paint save. So I actually killed five of these so and sos with one heavy flamer hit. Uh, this guy was absolutely we're like yes, I've got a chance now because if I'd got rid of them, I might be able to drive them off those objectives. Yeah. Um, but you know this game is a is a cruel mistress uh, with a fickle nature. So <laughs> once I got into close combat with them, he, he then started to knock me about at initiative. Um, I managed to, I think, fail three. Actually, it's the wolf priest who only has got a power maul, um, was um, basically knocking me about with these things. And uh, three Terminators, I rolled, I think, three ones myself. And so we kind of concluded between the two of us that actually this table that is in the far corner of... Um, whatever this uh, gaming centre is, is in fact some sort of gateway to the netherworld and is in fact cursed by some ancient spirit because the number of ones the pair of us rolled together was astronomical. It really was. But 
we did have so much fun playing this game, I've got to say. In the end, Lehman Russ, I just tried my tactic of throwing bodies at him to slow him down. It didn't work. He absolutely owned. Um, and I think he got a couple of objectives. I think I might have just about scraped one, but I can't be 100% sure that that happened either. Uh, actually, no, I didn't get any victory points on this one. He absolutely um, annihilated me. So a, a thorough beating was handed out uh, to uh, the World Eaters by the Young King and his cohort. Oh, wow. uh, deservedly so, it must be said, actually, because that is a, they, they played very well. So, yeah, cracking fun game, though, but so much fun. Um, really enjoyed that one. So, yeah, nice. got absolutely knocked off the board, but it was, an, it was a spectacularly good game. You've got a moment you can take away from it. That's the thing. That's exactly. There's something know, to talk about. That moment there. of killing five deaths, or you know. Yeah, and then the champion actually got locked in combat with the because the rest of his squad had died except for the guy with the heavy flamer who I kept alive because I thought well if he's you know if he gets through this he's going to be made a blooming praetor, um and he was going toe to toe. He managed to kill the rest of the death sworn around him, going toe to toe with the wolf priest. So the wolf priest got a power maul and he's got a power fist. And you're thinking, I'm just thinking, come on, I just need one one of these to get through and him to fail a save. And, and I've done him. You know, this guy yeah. is going to be a legend. He's going to be a demon prince. Um, <laughs> but of course, it, it doesn't work out like that, does it? <clears throat> Eventually, just by sheer weight of attacks, uh, I rolled a one. And it was really cool because you know what he did? He had a chance to charge a Grey Slayer squad in to take out this one guy fighting the wolf priest. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He said, no, this is an epic combat, so let's just have that go. Um, and it's those kinds of things that you think, yeah, that's absolutely awesome. Um, you know, he was like, no, this is too cool. They're, they're going to yeah. stand back and watch the wolf priest attack this Terminator. He's invested um, in the narrative yeah. of, of, of the game. Which is... Yeah. And I think that that's really key. And those sorts of things, those little moments make heresy spectacular. Um, and we, should, we should always strive to do more of those, I think. So what about so, yeah. yourself? Michael. Uh, yeah, I played Imperial Fists. Uh, this time the list, the list had a uh, Falchion. You don't oh, see well, many of those, do you? You don't, do you? This oh, is the D. This is, is this a D weapon one. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a D weapon, and um, it's got an upgrade that allows you to basically uh, turn it into a bit. You know, like the um, Venator. Oh yeah. Ignore, you know, causes um, you to uh, be um, snap shooting even if yeah. you're super heavy. Yep. So um, yeah, that 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 pr- uh, that pretty I much. I didn't know it could do that. Uh, neither did I until I played it. <coughs> mm, okay, that's new. I never never even knew you could do that because I always thought they were a bit pants, if I'm honest. But that does give them a different perspective. Let's have a let's have a quick. I'm sure mm. it's I'm sure it's all fine, but you never know. It's all legit. But it shut down my um it shut down my typhon, and yes. I was uh I was done. Uh, from, that <laughs> <point> <laughs> from that point on yeah. uh, it, it was yeah. able to just knack out it was able just to knack, you know one shot my um one shot my land raiders uh there was a leviathan in there that drop potted in and took out my um my arcus uh and scorpius um uh Templar, uh, not Templar brethren um were they breaches it was a squad of something um there was sigismund oh sigismund and a bunch of catapultry terminators mm-hmm. um jumped out of um Jumped out for Spartan and knackered up my Praetor, because uh, obviously Sigismund is a uh, you know very nasty close combat character, and in general it was a uh, you know it was a, it was a it was a fairly epic game actually because I was on the back foot I got to one of the objectives, uh, took out a couple of squads with the heavy flamer guys, 
Um, and in the end, there was uh, there was three the remains of three squads left in this one ruin um, by one of the objectives, uh, basically just um, shooting out uh, and getting slowly whittled down. So it was the last stand. So in the last turn, I just had um, three guys left, one from each squad. Um, uh, at that point, the cover save, we weren't sure whether the cover save was from the runes themselves or the bodies of all their um, fallen uh, co- uh, comrades. And wow. uh, yeah, I got tabled, but it was it was fairly epic, you know, especially that, you know, the, the the cinematic. We're in the we're this last stand of the uh, of the Death Guard in this uh, this this one ruin. Fairly fun. Got you. Very good. That sounds good. Just, just going back to the factions here, it can for 35 points, a faction can take a neutron wave capacitor, which gives it the shock pulse and feedback yes. special rules. Okay. The, um, uh, the Cerberus has got as well. Yeah, why right. would you take that? Actually, yeah. I suppose you can't. It's not the, it's the feedback account. thing that's the, the, yeah. the downside of always, but but that's only if feed. you don't do a penetrating hit, isn't it? Yeah. So basically, if you rolled a one, you'd get feedback. Otherwise, you get a, it's always a penetrating hit. Yeah. yeah, it did knock him up a couple of times. Gotcha. <clears throat> cool. Very cool. Last and um, the Death Guard. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds it like was, a book. Yeah, it was a fairly fairly interesting um, last stand. Cool, <laughs> cool. So yeah, so that was that was a really cool game, really awesome fun. Um, so the last game, um, time's ticking on now, and uh, our good friend Richie has always got an eye for a good game. Uh, said, hey, why, why don't we have a game of doubles? Because uh, him and his Death Guard with Michael's Death Guard um, against me with my World Eaters and Rich C, who I played in the first game's World Eaters. Um, for the last game and the narrative now I kind of just started to get a bit of a sense about it so what they'd done is um, basically because the traitors had killed all of the livestock the population had retreated into these um, sort of armoured fortifications and the last mission was the traitors trying to you know whittle the get into these armoured fortifications and remove the uh, do whatever they wanted to do to the civilian population but basically take everything over and the space battle had had um, got to the point where the space station itself was was kind of collapsing and so that the guys who had been playing zone mortalis could deep strike their armies on any of the other games which i thought was very cool okay. i think if you were the loyalists because they'd won it they could just they didn't scatter their deployment they would just come in and that's where they would be but i think if you were a traitor um you had to wait till turn two and you would scatter so that was quite cool i thought that was a really good way of tying the two things together so yeah. basically, they kind of got to the, the sort of escape pods, if you like, and they were all landing on the surface to try and help the, the surface brethren out. So I thought it was quite cool. But the, the actual um, people playing the zone has could choose which table they wanted to land on. Um, so we had no control over that. But yeah. nobody came and landed on our table, which was a shame. Cause that would have been had, a good time. had Richie gone around and just politely mentioned that it was off limits? No, I don't think so. Um, I think they probably looked at Mark, uh, the Typhon and thought, yeah, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, so this was good. So, basically, we now went to – did we play the full – we didn't play 12 by 4. We played 8 by 4, I think. Yeah, um, more or less. Because I think we had a big centre display. We pushed all of the sort of scenery to the centre. It was the ambush deployment. So the, the, the loyalists set up first um, in the centre circle. Um, with all of their units, and then um, we would um, sort of come in um, at yeah, the two ends. Uh, at this point, on. it's worth mentioning that me and Graham switched allegiances. Well, no, me and Richie, sorry, Rich, uh, your 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 ally switched allegiances. So yes. the loyalists 
the loyalist um, world eaters Wait. became traitors. They showed their true colours. Yes. No, it was, you, you became a loyalist. I became a loyalist, and he became yes. a traitor. I was already a traitor, but I think the other guy was a traitor. Yes, oh, yeah, 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 he no, became no, oh, Yeah, it's all very confusing. Anyway, suffice to say that I, my side was the traitors, Michael's side was the loyalists. There you go. Sorted. Um, so we, but he, so we basically, so we had, we had fairly high hopes for this one. Um, looking at the list, so Richie's list had a lot of snipers, um, recon marines, and it also had a lot of dreadnoughts. Uh, Michael's was obviously had the Typhon, which was a big problem, and the Arcus, which was another big problem. A couple of land raiders, big problems, um, and Death Shroud, which I kind of underestimated, and also the guys with the heavy flamers with rending, which I'd also underestimated. Um, they don't have rending. Oh, with shred rather, sorry. Yeah, so I'd underestimated them substantially, and, it, and I'll come on to that in a minute. So I dropped pod all my stuff in. The guy, uh, Richie, drops his stuff in. The Deathstorm had an absolute field day because they'd managed to leave a hole for the Deathstorm to go into. And, of course, it was right in the middle of the deployment zone, and it just shot everything as soon as it landed, which was quite cool. Um, we, we, I don't think it blew anything up, but I think we took a couple of um, hole points off things here yeah. and there. Um but yeah, basically it was it was more of the same really. We would drop pod in, squads would get out, we'd end up in a scrap. I tried to charge down Michael's ten man heavy flamer squad. Uh, that didn't work so well. That seems like a foolish move on all you know, the I'm a, yeah, D3 I'm a, wall of wall of death. Yes, the clue is in per, the title. Per model, I know, but you know, I wanted to become a world eater. Yeah, I was like, yeah. you know, I can't just. No, leave no, it there. I, I, you know, yeah, so, no, I, I get it. I understand it. So I, I think I charged them down with the um, Tartarus armor guys. You know, the the, the worst armoured of my entire lot. But it doesn't matter because they were still been two plus saving. And thought might be able to tank the hits. I really couldn't tank the hits. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. The, the game was excellent. I mean, doubles can be hit and miss depending on who you're playing. You know, if you get somebody who isn't quite uh, into it, or and we were playing quite quickly as well because I think we had to get finished by four, although they did extend that. Um, but we were kind of going at a fair pace as well, which always makes doubles more interesting, I think, because it can drag a bit. Because if one side's you know, taking an hour to make their moves and attacks, you're kind of hanging around for an hour. But we, we got a fair old crack on, didn't we, Michael? Yeah, we did, we did. Uh, I think maybe I was pushing that a bit too far. I think you were, because I think you thought, Crocky, if there's any more turns, we're going to get absolutely annihilated. Um, no, no, but... <laughs> generally, I didn't want the... I, didn't want the <laughs> I know, I know, I'm pulling your leg. It was They'd said, you've got to be finished by four, because we've got to be out of by half four or something. Um, and then they kind of rescinded that, didn't they? Yeah. I think it was, we had till five. But anyway, the long and short of it is, we had a cracking game against Richie and uh, Michael, lots of fun. Um I really enjoyed it. Again, drop potting stuff in, just charging at stuff, trying to smash my way through it. I think I did. I take out the Typhon with in close combat. I did after two attempts. You did. It took you a few attempts, but yeah, yeah. So I managed to get rid of that. But then I think I, I died to something else equally horrible. Um, I will say this about the Death Guard: they, the those scythes are great because yes, they, they are against normal Terminators. They're superb because they go before you. And they're AP2. So anything that's uh, AP2 that's better better than initiative one is always going to be a winner because it get, you get to kill them before they can kill you. And that's what happened. And even, I think you can get them to your sergeants, can't you, in your squads? Yep, yep. So all the sergeants have got these scythes. So even my Terminators attacking them, you know, I would be losing a couple of Terminators ago uh, before they got to attack back. So 
yeah, definitely one to watch out for um, if you are close combating um, Death Guard. They, they are tricky. So yeah, but it was a, it was a cracking fun game as they'd all been, um, and a good way to end the thing. And like I say doubles can be a bit hit and miss, but this was very much one of the best doubles I've played for a long time. Yeah, it was a really really fun game. Uh, Rich and Richie, good pair of guys to play with. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just sort of like there wasn't a lot of downtime because while you and you and Richie were over doing stuff with the recon marines that would hold up in those buildings towards the side, uh, yeah. me and Rich would be sort of getting on with your units and uh, yeah. Richie's other yeah. units. And it was sort of like it was helpful that we were both playing the same army because yes. we were both able to, you know, say, right, OK, I know what this is doing, so I'll do the, the turn yeah. for this. So that was actually that was a very good point because we were just playing one big, you know, two big armies effectively. You know, I could say yeah. oh, I'll I'll do the saves for them or I'll do the attacks for them while he's busy doing this, so we don't have any of that kind of downtime. So yeah, quickly played, well played, and, and a lot of fun. So that was that. The end of the um, clearances of and I cannot pronounce it because it's um, it feels slightly Gallic and I'm not very really good at pronouncing Gallic, but is it Druim? Druim. Uh, Druim, yes, I think yeah. Druim. Um, so anyway, the long and short of it was that they then wrote the last, the, the end narrative, read it out, and basically it was a because of the a win in space. I think the loyalists might have won the last game as well. They did, um, yeah. Um, but they hadn't, you know, like where we do rounds, and so if the traitors win the first round, they win the second round, win the third round, they've won the whole event. Um, they did it on victory points. So the total number okay. of victory points for the, t- the loyalists versus the total number of victory points for the traitors. And the total number of victory points was more for the traitors. So I think that was including the zone mortalis as well. So it all kind of totted up. Excuse me. Um, and so it was unbelievably, even though, um, you know, I'd had a four to one um, keeping yeah. my end of the bargain up for the, for the ruinous powers, uh, we, we actually lost. So, it was, but it was a cracking, good fun event, um, and I you know, really enjoyed it. So, okay. yeah, I think in summary, it, uh, you know, if we were going to talk about the summation of these things, uh, I think this was the best yep. event that I've been to this year, uh, without any doubt. I, I enjoyed this more than any other event that I've been to. Um, I've got to be honest, it was just excellent. I liked the venue. I liked um, the way it was run. I liked the kind of the narrative, and the people that I played were just brilliant. The, the only thing I would say in sort of in that statement is <clears throat> the other two events that we've been to that yes. we've played in have been big, big events. If that makes sense. That is true. You are you are With quite right. Yes. Sixty, uh, you know, however many people it was at London, sixty people at, at Derby. Yeah. It's a very different thing. This, it, from the sounds of it, this is very much the a similar event to what to that which we run. Yes. So it's not as it appeals to that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is true, uh, actually, I suppose. Uh, and you won an award, didn't you, Graham? Uh, uh, yes, I did. Ah, here we go. Here comes. I wasn't going to mention comes it. Here comes the, tr- the, the crux I of the situation. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention it. They gave. They they bought you with their uh, <laughs> their, their trophies and fripperies. I got, it's like last year's Blood and Glory. It's the best event I've ever been to. Yes, because you got a trophy. Yeah, but, um, so, I was, yeah. Uh, so I, I got most, you know, best sporting traitor thing. So that was good. Blimey. Good. I know, right? How, how much money did that cost you out of interest nothing, to all of the people you played? All it, all it cost me was playing Wild Eaters. 
rather than Iron Warriors. Okay. <laughs> funny that. Anyway. Yeah, it's funny that. So yeah, it was. It was. I, I said I. I. I like the way it was done. I mean, I think if in terms of if I'm being constructive, and I think I put this on the um, the form is that I would probably do what we do rather than read the narratives out. I'd print them out. So then people can read them if they want, um, because we, we know from our experience, if you've got some people who want to listen to the narrative for two, three, four, five minutes, other people not so much. And so just if you do, if you hand it out, people can read it and, and maybe do the a top. This is what's happening in the world, but this is the actual narrative bit underneath. And if you're doing a if you're printing out mission sheets, which I'm guessing they were their mission yeah. sheets. Yeah. So I'm guessing, so, you know, as, not that we're the be all and end all, but what we like, we tend to do is put the narrative on the back of the mission sheet so that it's just one yeah. thing. Yeah. So people have got the option there to read it. And... Yeah. I mean, I think we're, we're kind of lucky we've got a printer that does duplex, that yeah, does both sides. So, um, but yeah, it was, yeah, I, know, but... I know what you mean. I think it's just one of those things, um, you know, we've tried to overcome the problem with the um, using the recordings, for example. So we still, and we still haven't got it right. So we haven't got the perfect answer, no. but um, yeah, I just think that the narrative kind of got a little bit lost because we couldn't really find out what was going on, really. Um, we had an idea, but it would have been sure. nice to sort of have a read of it just to see what was going on in between games. Yeah, so that, and it was it, the guy reading it had a really thick accent as well, so it was sometimes hard to to kind of grasp it. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, but I mean, he was also reading out stuff that he'd just written. As we know from our own experience, that that very rarely makes sense. So, you know, you've got to be pretty good, I think. Yeah, because when you're when you're when you're writing it, your yeah, your yeah. brain's filling in the gaps when you're writing yes. it. Yeah, but you know, he's, he's probably a better writer than us because I didn't get any of those things that we normally do where we kind of write stuff and then read it back and go, well, that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, no, there were yeah. a couple of instances where he said, no, no, that doesn't make any sense. And yeah, true. It's a hard it's a hard thing to do. Um, you know, from our experience, it's, yep. it's not it's not an easy easy thing to do. But um, yeah, all in all, I, I said I, I I really enjoyed this event. That's the only thing I would say is if they were going to just uh, improve it a little bit, would be to um, bring that narrative a bit more forward so that people can actually kind of understand it and read it maybe. But other than that, the food was lovely. Yeah. Actually, they did food for lunch, so we had sandwiches on the first day and the second day we had pizza. Um, we found a lovely cafe on Sunday morning, which was excellent even better than the one we went to in derby uh superb coffee whoa uh, it was it really was fantastic coffee um so yeah it was all in all i would recommend this event i really would um if i'm honest with you if you get a chance to go it's definitely worth the journey um and it's interesting that the you know looking at the how the scenes are in different parts of the country as well because quite a lot of people came from all over scotland to play this um, you know, and, mm. yeah, so it was quite good to get people from all over the. I think we were the. There was a few Southerners I, there. I think I might just leave this one to you guys if that's okay. Yeah, it's a bit of a trek, like. If, if, <laughs> I, I think there would be a plane involved. I think you'd have to get right, So uh, I'll just uh, this. This can be. This can be your your, your fun uh, excursion yeah. away. I think what we said is that we do we do a northern, uh, we do a northern event, which would probably be this one. Um, I'd lo- love to go back next year. Um, we'll do a, a middle of the wo- world event, which will probably be Blood and Glory, and then do a southern event. So we've got all all points covered. So Michael, what did you think about the the, the overall? Overall, I think it was a really really well run event. Um, lot interesting missions. 
um, which really did sort of, uh, you know, make you think differently. Um, there was a lot more thinking, and I think the games were relatively well balanced. I mean, I had one game that, as I said, was a little bit unbalanced, um, but that's the luck of the draw. You know, sometimes you're going to get a gamer who's who's created a list that is just perfect for destroying yours. But conversely, he played Gareth on the morning of Sunday, and Gareth literally uh, ripped him apart um, yeah. by bit. So yeah. it was, um, you yeah. know, swings and roundabouts. So, um, yeah, relatively well-balanced games, um, decent, um, uh, you know, a de- decent amount of um, uh, uh, of new interesting missions. And, um, yeah, I-, I really enjoyed it. I-, I don't have a bad word to say about it. I think the only negative I would say, the only negative is maybe they could scale so you do back have on... a, a bad word to say about it. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's it the, the, the freebie. They, get, they gave away a freebie, which was a patch, a Heresy Scott patch, which is the uh-huh. runner. And I'm like, well, you know what? You could, you don't need to give this away. We're, we're cool. Um, and they were like showing off the, the freebie they're looking to the next one, which is like a lodge medal. And it's like, you're charging 40 quid and you're giving away freebies like this, you know? Um, yeah. I, 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 I are covering all your costs and stuff, and it's a. T- yeah. That's what yeah. I would say is the only negative is make sure they're covering their costs before giving away freebies because you know really, the gaming should be the main. Thing I think uh, yeah, I think exactly, and that's been <coughs> our philosophy, isn't it, with Blood and Glory, is that <coughs> yeah, yeah, not- yeah, we run our our budgets pretty tight because we you know we've got that in mind that you know it's that balance of yeah running a good event but not uh, you know charging people tons of money for, you know for their yeah. children yeah and then giving them a bag full of stuff that's probably not going to use anyway yeah um, exactly in terms of sort of free swag so um so i think yeah you're right mate i mean these are sort of things that you would buy i mean those whatever those um lodge medals were really cool and i'd probably buy one yeah know, yeah but, i'd buy one. Uh, I, th- I don't think they need to give them away and i think like i say concentrate on the gaming and stuff um is is where that money should go and the organization and effort I mean, these are yeah. lovely. The gifts that we got were great. These patches are really cool. Um, but I don't know about you. I don't go to events purely for the free stuff or, you know, so, yeah. No. Oh, but they did have, um, they were okay, using cool. that uh, just lasered Zomortalis um, walls. And they yeah. were quite good, weren't they? They were. They were They were foam, so you can't paint them. But they're. I think it was 30, 35 quid, they said, for a 4 by 4 or 3 by uh, 3 table. 3 by 3 Um for 35 quid and yeah, yeah it's just it's just foam but i'm, I'm seriously yeah. thinking of getting some of them for for company of legends because i think you know we've always been asked do you want to do zomal talus and it's sort of always been a case of yeah but we can't afford a table and it's like well you know maybe we could look at this stuff yeah i mean it's it's like um, a denser sort of kr foam where you put your models in um but the problem with it i suppose is that you can't do anything else with it you couldn't paint it up or anything but you know <clears throat> you know we've i mean you and i you know we've painted it's just you know that latex stuff isn't it you put that liquid latex on when we've true. done larp weapons in the yep, past so there true. is a way of doing it but yeah you won't get them you'll never get a matte finish to it because the, the yeah the material itself shiny you can perish but there is a way of there is one way there is a way of doing it but yeah i, I did forget about that actually you could latex them couldn't you but yeah it would yeah, you're right. It'd be yeah. very difficult to get it that kind of, you know, machine finished look. Yeah. I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. 
So yeah, um, all good weekend for you, chaps. Yeah, really good. And um, like I said, it was a good way to finish the kind of event season off. Um, definitely. Yeah, I'll be going back again. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and the next one is the fifteenth of June, I think they said. Yes, something around then. I know they've got the tickets out yet, but I think that's what they're aiming for. Right then. Nice. All good. As so soon as we get it, we'll uh, obviously tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, guys, and uh, we'll be back in a few weeks with our main show, uh, which is a roundup of the uh, of the years of uh, of the year so far. And a very exciting year it's been too. Oh, terrifying! It's nearly over. I know, right? Okay. Good night, gentlemen. All right. Take care.